Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwynn, and the Insider Crew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 60. Ooh, it feels good to be back. I've been on the road, as you know, for over 10 days in Germany, and I want to thank the crew here for uh, holding down the fort. We have uh, the whole crew here today. We've got Mr. Sass at the end there, Manny, Damon, and of course, Robert making it happen behind the scenes. Um, thank you guys for your flexibility last week. I was working all week to bring you that surprise, and hopefully you thought it was worth it. Oh, all, all I had to do was, uh, you know, we had this whole thing planned that Manny planned for the episode. And then, um, you know, Boris is there. And I'm like, well, I can just sit back and, you know, like kind of enjoy the show this time. Yeah. And my, my trip back was almost a catastrophe because everything was going very well. But Friday, I was planning to leave early from Stuttgart. And uh, I found out uh, Thursday that Stuttgart was going to be going on strike the morning that I was leaving. So thankfully, there are a number of airports and things are pretty close to each other in Europe. And we, uh, uh, thanks to Ilko, uh, he uh, jumped on the idea of getting a flight out of Munich. Yeah. And I made all my connections. And actually, it was, it was a better flight because you can go directly from Munich to Atlanta versus Stuttgart, Amsterdam, Atlanta. And then my final leg would have been to BWI. So it all worked out, but it was uh, a little stressful because honestly, unless you're out there like calling and getting people's attention, they just rebooked you for like, Two days later, and just assumed yeah. it's okay for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's almost kind of like it is here. I mean, you've got the choice of BWI, Dulles, or Philly in a pinch. So yeah. it's kind of the same lucky. thing. We're pretty yeah. lucky. As long as it's not international. If it's international, just yeah. BWI is not a uh, no. Jamaica. International It'll go to Jamaica. Hub. That's about it. That's about it. <laughs> so we've got a lot to cover because I disrupted the the agenda, so to speak, last week. And then we have stuff that you know we've had over the week. So hopefully those of you that, that haven't listened to um, the most recent podcast, uh, episode 59, we were so lucky to have um, Boris Appenbrink on the show with us. And uh, thank you to the folks at Classic, as well as to Mr. Fabig, um, for allowing us to be at the Classic Center to host uh, my side of the podcast. And, uh, you know, Boris stuck around for, uh, you know, it was actually pretty late, around 6.30, 7 o'clock over mm -hmm. there. Um, but I did find out how it actually worked out for him to stay late because Manny, you'll 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 relate to this as he's actually taking guitar lessons. Did you know he was a no. guitarist? Is he going to be the uh, entertainment? for Well, that's part? what I said. I said so. Next time you come, what, to does a, Manny play guitar? Manny plays a guitar. Really? He does. Nice. I, I didn't play know that. Band oh, yeah. 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 I had no clue. I would. He's a rocker. Guess. You didn't know that? So, no. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I think we maybe we'll have him play the guitar at open house for everyone to listen. Yeah, yeah. So you guys all know. And <laughs> you can is... put together like a Scorpions tribute band, or <laughs> so you know, maybe other, <laughs> I can think of any other German. Do band. you all know that I played violin from first grade until senior year in high school? What? So I'm actually no. pretty good at violin. <laughs> And do you have a violin? I do. I have my violin. I played in an orchestra for like ten years or something. So it's a violin, <laughs> not a fiddle. It's a violin. Wow. I don't know how to fiddle. Fiddling is it's a technique. More uh, than, and wow. it's very different. Yeah. So class, classical musician. Okay, that is you need to bring it in next week. And uh, at the start of the podcast next week, we're gonna play, play something. A, play like a little twinkle twinkle little star, right? <laughs> and by the way, guitar collecting is like a one of those things where it makes our hobby look cheap. Oh yeah. Because that is a you you, you talk to a guitar collector, it's almost like Porsche collectors. No one just has one. 
Mm. Yeah. You have a ton of them, and uh, it's um, yeah, you can go down a rabbit hole of guitar. Well, yeah, I mean, it's even better than collecting motorcycles because they take up even less space. Less space, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and are they like, what's the price range of a guitar? I have no idea. Oh, well, tens of thousands. Tens of thousands of dollars? Sure, yeah, Ooh. depending on if you get like an original Fender or yeah. or Gibson and, you know, how how custom you want to be. And it's... Uh, yeah, I unfortunately have no musical talents. My parents tried to put me in front of a piano with a piano teacher, and I think uh, I lasted one, <laughs> one, one, one session. I said, I'm out. I can put together a car stereo, home stereo, but I cannot play an instrument. Yeah, I can listen to music. I, yeah, I'm very good at listening <laughs> to music. Anyways, just like a quick recap of um, you know my few days, uh, 10 days, uh, with Ilko over in Germany. And you guys can stop me if you want more details. But we were the main reason why we were there, uh, as Rob knows, Rob introduced us to Techno Classica, um, a trade show, vintage, all poor, uh, not all Porsche, uh, all cars, including Porsche uh, trade show in Essen, Germany. And uh, it's it's a pretty amazing event. It's it's car sales, um, you know, uh, new manufacturers, uh car manufacturers swap meet kind of all rolled into you know in a big convention center and uh there's by, a, a, by the way i want to point out if you put it under glass you can charge five times more than if it was not under glass <laughs> ah I that's remember yes because it looks more expensive you yeah, know you're exactly. looking to go out wow, it's got to be something special they got it under oh glass. you mean the, the stuff <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't touch it at the, the carlisle swap meet that stuff's just sitting on a table oh yeah yeah. Uh, out in the open, it, but if you put it inside indoors right. and under glass, as I oh, said yeah. well, last swap meet, I was standing there. Is that a roller bearing crank? Sure, yeah. You want to pick it up? I didn't realize I was holding a crankshaft that probably cost more than my car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, but most of the stuff is not. I, I do remember my friend uh, Dave Kinney. We were at a swap meet in in. Uh, I think we were actually at Techno Classico walking through the swap meet area, and he was kind of comparing it to Hershey. And Dave's profile and statement was, you know. Their worthless crap is a lot more interesting than our worthless crap. <laughs> like, yeah, it's pretty profound. But the, uh, the, the uh, I call it the Central Penn swap meet. Uh, when mm -hmm. it was at Hershey, Tom Pravasi came. This would have been 2005, I think. And um, we're walking past the table, and there's this really dirty mechanical fuel injection, high butterfly mechanical RSR fuel injection. Mm. And he stops because he has it on his 914. He goes, wow, because I wonder what this is worth. And he asked the guy, and I think the guy said, like, back then it was like $15,000. $15,000? Didn't even blink. Whoa. $15,000. And, wow. and, and it looked like he literally took it off a car that it had been on for 30 years. No cleaning no. of the part. Just, and just sitting by itself on an eight-foot table with the guy sitting in the chair behind it. And didn't blink. And I thought, wow. That did, means did, did Tom blink? <laughs> Tom was like very happy to his. Because uh, he, he had it bought was, it beforehand. Yeah. You go yeah. for 15 grand. But uh, yeah. I, I was I was like, I wonder how many, does the ATM have $15,000 in cash you can pull out? <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah back yeah. then it wasn't like you could just Venmo the guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny. I wonder sometimes if parts have gone up as, as rapidly yes. as, as cars have. And the answer is probably yes. There's, yeah. there's, and because. It's so easy to look up values of things now. Yeah. It's hard to come across a bargain. Like there were no, in, in terms of like the parts and stuff at Techno, there was no, there was nothing that was a bargain. You know, you know how I collect 118th scale cars and stuff. And of course I go through the toy section and one of the, 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 the cars I don't have is one of the 10 toys, the man with Disslers they're called. Yeah. Disslers. And there was like this one guy that had just like a mountain full of junk. And then he had this Dissler 
in that mound of junk. And it wasn't like in a glass case. It was like, you know, it wasn't like trashed or anything. Yeah. But I'm like, man, maybe this is my opportunity to get a Dissler for cheap. Because I think they normally run like a grand if they're in pretty good shape. Yeah, I asked him. I'm thinking, man, if this is like 200, I'm on it. I'm on he it. He doesn't know what he has. Yeah. Well, maybe he just doesn't care, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if he, if he threw it in a mountain of, you know, junk, yeah. <laughs> maybe he doesn't care. Yeah, I asked him. He's like, yeah, 650. I'm like, what? 650? <laughs> and you just have it laying there, and it's gonna get scratched. And yeah. but yeah, there weren't many discounts. In fact, the the cars that were the cars that were for sale displayed at Technoclassica, it floored me. At how, and I mentioned this to, to Nathan, is this normal? At how unprepared these cars were. Like cars for sale with like not been detailed, swirl marks everywhere, brake dust on the wheels, and they're asking top money for these cars and they're just not even cleaned. It yeah. was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, well, you would think too that, uh, you know, sort of the German reputation for being fastidious, that the cars would be, you know, better prepared than that. But yeah, I've noticed the same thing over the years at, at Technoclassica. People just drive them in from, you know, every corner of Europe and throw for sale. Is that a culture them. thing? Because, or is our cars too over, over prepared? Mm, I don't know. It's a good question. I think people buy with the intent of using them in Europe, which is very cool. And, they don't look to hide the imperfections of yeah. the car and they just figured the next person will take care of it yeah. and they just displayed the cars as is but you know seeing you know port of course everyone here we see Porsches all the time so it's kind of hard to kind of wow us so to speak but seeing cars that we didn't have in the United States at Technoclassica you know base model hubcap 190e's in a manual or you know, just just cars we've never had over here. Uh, was it was Cosworth cars? And yeah, that 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 was kind of cool. Well, you were with me a couple of years ago, I think. Um, maybe it was Nathan, but somebody brought a W124 Mercedes wagon. Yeah. with a manual and Hounds two seats. Oh man! And you know, it wasn't. It was like ten thousand euros or something. It wasn't yeah. super super expensive and. You know, I just wanted that car in the worst way. And it same thing you said, it had like the plastic hubcaps that, you know, you see on every Mercedes cab in Frankfurt or whatever. I just love the car. The cool the coolest vehicle we saw did not look like at a Porsche at all. And if you if you haven't seen the uh, the little overview that I shot with Nathan on Technoclassica, you'll see this what looks to be a Eurovan. And it's a cool looking Eurovan, but the more we dug into that car, we're like, that is actually a vehicle that you could join the club with because it was built by Porsche. It's vend as a Porsche number one. It's Porsche powered, Porsche, Porsche uh, drivetrain. Um, the, the story was Porsche built those for some of their execs um, to be, you know, shuttled around um, and such. And that is, it was so cool. It was so weird that out of all the cars in this show, this Eurovan really took top honors oh that's was, i love the name was, too b32 it B32. sounds almost like a military machine oh, like yeah. ready yeah. to come crush you yeah. there's like nine inch fuchs in there or something it had fuchs on it had you know turbo brakes it was just, it was well, very 911 suspension i don't think 911 chassis but it's nice to see the little torsion bar holes oh yeah yeah, yeah just like a yeah, 911 there's, there's the vin if those of you that are watching youtube you know it's it's a it's what's a that going on in the footwell yeah, uh, I mean that that was their transport. It was for the early nine eleven uh, dealership um, or restoration shop. They had they had a slew of cars that would 
man, if seeing one RS is doesn't drop your jaws, seeing four or five of them in one place. The healthy part, RS. I mean, I'm yeah. still looking yeah. for the B32. I know, band. right? Well, I mean, that's that is, there were like so sick. at least ten RSs oh, yeah. there, right? Yeah. So it's like you you common. wouldn't think that those were rare <laughs> yeah. because there were so many there. Yeah. But look at the undercarriage of this thing. I mean, it was <clears> it was put together. Amazing. Oh, with the turbo valve covers too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, so we um, love it. just to speed along, we we did two days at Technico, uh, Techno Classica, ran into um, members, and as well as I was surprised how many fans we have. People talking about the podcast, YouTube, and Panorama. Um, yeah, pe- people definitely see. You know, I, I was wearing a uh, PCA pin, I think, on my on my um, on my jacket, and a lot of people came up and said hello to us and. Um, some even were like card carrying members. They're pretty proud. Wow. They like they pulled it out of their wallet and wow. stuff. Do you have a stack of decals? When did decals give away? I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I had some, but yeah. I, I didn't. We should do that next year. I didn't bring. Who, yeah, send, send Jim back there again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the 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 crazy thing is, it's not back to normal. Of you know, the last time we were there, mm-hmm. uh, COVID definitely hurt them, and I think you know the way they're trying to price things, and and maybe manufacturers are really you know, taking a close look at the values of this, the, these kind of shows, some of the larger manufacturers, including Porsche and Porsche Classic, didn't go back to Techno Classic. So there's literally a hall that was sort of kind of spread with cars, and they tried to fill all the nooks and crannies to make it look like it was full. It wasn't back to normal. It was still an amazing show, yeah. but it's not what it used to be. And I, I wonder if it's going to ever be like it used to be. Retromobile in in Paris in early February was uncomfortably crowded. Yeah, I but mean, that's also a much smaller. Space it is. That's show. true. It's it's a it's yeah. much smaller space. So but, it's easier um, to make a small house yeah. look full. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about maybe checking out uh, retro classics in in Stuttgart yeah. in February, which is you know building a, a pretty good reputation. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, after two and a half days there, we went to Spa and caught up with uh, uh, some folks at Porsche AG and Porsche Track Experience. And that was my first time at Spa. And uh, if you haven't seen some of the Instagram uh, footage that Bogdan has put up there, if you're wondering where all a lot, not all, but a lot of the GT cars are, it's in this program. And they had 40 GT4 RSs and 120 car total. I mean, all GT cars. By the time you listen to this, there'll probably be a video out that profiles a bunch of the cars you can drive. And I think you'll see in the background, they already have like at least four 992 GT3 RSs there. Four? No. At least Uh, that I saw. uh, There was at least a dozen. Really? Yeah, at least a dozen. And um, they got those allocations. The good news is the good news is they're going to, you know, use it for the program, but Mm -hmm. eventually they'll go into private Mm -hmm. hands. So, and you might think, oh, I wouldn't want one of those cars, but you have to also remember they're probably cared for better than oh, yeah. any other RS out there. You know who so. takes care of them? Who? Montai. Oh, Mon- yeah, Montai, of course. Montai's the oh, contractor really? to take yeah. care of them. So, yeah, yeah, because I guess I'll, Spa... I would buy a Montai car any day yeah. of the week. True. They definitely know what they're doing. Uh, so from, from Spa, we then went to uh, KW Suspension. And uh, uh, if you've been following Project 964, that's the suspension that we put on it. And we were invited to go through their facility and... I had no idea how huge KW suspension is. And we met the owner. I think he started in 1992 with 
you know, a $25,000 loan and he's built it into this amazing empire. And we have an, we, we shot a lot, you know, every, everywhere we went, we tried to shoot long form videos for, for Damon to, to cut as well as capture, um, uh, Instagram worthy stuff. So you'll see all the machinery and the tooling, uh, behind the scenes. If you enjoyed the LN video that we did uh, a couple of months ago, you'll definitely enjoy a lot of the videos that we took on this trip because it was all behind the scenes and they've never really invited anyone to come into their house and really you know be able to film everything and they just rolled the red carpet out for pca and it was pretty cool uh, from there we went to recaro another name that many of you know and and got the the facility tour there got the background history of video coming on that liquid molly uh liquid molly uh invited us to the facility their world headquarters where they actually produce all the additives and we went on the line i couldn't help it this dates me and you two to the right probably can relate to this but you probably won't damon and you remember that that scene from because you know liquid molly all these little bottles right mm -hmm. so it's like a bottling plant and the only what what if you think of a bottling plant walking through and seeing workers what's the scene Please. that brings brings to your Don't. mind like Laverne and Shirley. You're right. Uh, see, you're right. Yeah. Say it again. Uh, I, yeah. I couldn't yeah. help it. So say it again. Yeah. We didn't catch that. Laverne and Shirley. It doesn't matter. Right now, no, 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 right now Robert's it, desperately it, looking for YouTube for the uh, opening shot of Laverne yeah. and Shirley. So, so the beginning Damon's of like, Laverne and Shirley, they worked at a beer bottle. What the bottle F is that? Like, yeah. Yeah, and so no, this plant, know. you know, these bottles are running through, and I just, I could, I could hear the theme song of Laverne and Shirley, and I had to like use all my strength to not mention that in the video that we were <laughs> that we were recording. Um, anyways, again, they, they were very cool. We made our, our our way over to Tech Art, and they introduced us to the new GT Street R Flyweight, which is their basically dedicated race version. Uh, of the GT Street R. If you thought the one that we covered at uh, uh, SEMA was wild, this thing is insane. And uh, one of the people that work at uh, at um, Tech Art, he also drives, I think, LMP3. And uh, he took me out for a ride, and whoa, that thing was ridiculous it was making they start noises. with the turbo s right yeah so they, they start with the turbo s <laughs> yeah exactly and this was the only, i think the 800 or 900 horsepower kit it wasn't their mm. top level kit but Gosh. it felt crazy um and then from there we uh, went over to porsche classic and uh this was a sort of a proud little moment uh for me uh, and, and our relationship with Classic because we uh, not only got a tour of the additions to the new facility they have, they have a, they sort of built out a, a more extravagant uh, customer delivery area that they can deliver the cars that they restore at their facility as opposed to taking it maybe to Stuttgart to deliver and it was beautifully done. It's not completely done, but what I got to see was beautiful. Those are, if you're watching on YouTube, um, we have the wall art that they did, the um, the display of um, different parts they work on. Blueprints, it looks like, right? Unfortunately, as and I can understand it for the privacy of their customers, I couldn't take any photos or video of their workshop. But their workshop was, man, like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. I think I can say there were four career GTs in there. There were ours. Yeah, I think uh, Boris in our last podcast yeah. I think mentioned that. Yeah. Um, the, the, the very first car coming out of that facility um, is a 928 that was being delivered the next day after our, our podcast. And that was the very first car to be delivered there. And it was 
being delivered to the gentleman that actually owns the 73T that we restored. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. What was the story with the 928? It was like an early car? Or? Oh, yeah. Early car. Like, please and, tell me it had Pasha. Oh, uh, you know what? It was covered. I, I saw it on my last trip. It had Pasha. I'm, had I'm sure it had yeah. Pasha. But you know what it did have that was very interesting to me that they were kind of proud about? They said, look at the front. What do you think of the protective covering on it? And I'm thinking, hmm, that's interesting. I, I thought they were talking about like the uh, the uh, paint protection film, right? And so I'm looking. And of course, you know, to look for a paint protection film, you look at the edges and see yeah. how that they're folded over. And it was that there weren't any folds. I'm like, well... I don't see like how is this protected? Apparently, some company has developed a some sort of spray paint protection. It's not a film, but mm -hmm. it it goes on like clear coat, lays down like clear coat, but it's not permanent. So Can there's you some peel it off. There is some sort of other, I think, um, uh, spray or chemical that you can put on, and then you can peel it off. Interesting. Oh. Easier than peeling off actual old yellowed paint protection film. I think that's probably the selling point. Right. I, have you guys heard of this? I've no, never no, heard never. of this. So I don't know if it's going to make it stateside, but could be a game changer. It. I mean, you could tell the color of the front end of the car was like, a, I don't want to say a shade off because that's probably even too much. But you could, like, if you look, if someone told you and you looked and looked and looked, yeah, you can kind of tell. But if no one told you, you probably wouldn't even know that there's some sort of protective coating on it, which yeah. is pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, and uh, we, we also met up with uh, Sebastian Merkel, um, Porsche Club Coordination, uh, the head of Porsche Club Coordination. And uh, he just kind of gave us a heads up on all the things that uh, they're preparing for the 75th anniversary. So they're going to be hosting a number of people in Stuttgart and Hockenheim, I think June 8th. Mm -hmm. is a celebration there some of our members i think got um invitations and or signed up for that event because some of it is by invitation some of it you can sign up uh, un unfortunately uh, most of us won't be there because we'll be at uh, atlanta preparing for the classic club coupe auction so yeah i mean that's um in a in a quick nutshell uh the stuttgart trip and you'll see lots of content come out over the next couple of months as Damon and Bodden goes through all, all the stuff that I downloaded to them. But uh, the last time I saw you, Rob, we were at the PEC opening and mm -hmm. the uh, West Track expansion and the yeah. Classic Center. But more importantly, you got a ride in a very special car. <laughs> Yeah, the, and I'm jealous. The, uh, should be, although <laughs> my neck is still yeah um, under chiropractic care. Uh, it's the you know the GT4 e performance. Um, yeah, it was incredible on the new West Track. I didn't get to drive it. You know, it was a right seat. You know, three or four hot laps. But I mean, it's incredible. I mean, the grip, the acceleration. I mean, it is just otherworldly. Uh, but the the most fun part. Of, of the whole experience was the tutorial on how to get in and out of the car properly. Mm. Uh, Why was it? Was did it was it caged or? Well, it's caged, oh, okay. but, and that's not the thing. It's the because thing you is, have to not ground yourself or exactly, whatever. Okay. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> because it's nine hundred volts. It's a nine hundred volt battery, and there is a slight chance that you can have the 900 volts pass no. through your body you to yeah. jump, jump into the cockpit or? Right. No. right so what they what they what they tell you to do is um you know get your rear end on the cage um 
put your hands on the roof of the car, kind of pivot around, get your feet on the sills, and then jump like as as quickly as you can. What? With both feet off the car? Yeah. No. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they, yeah, they they made every journalist who was there. Why don't we? Why don't we? Why don't we have this on film? <laughs> I don't know. I was reasonably graceful. I can't say that about everybody. But I've got a feeling funny. Porsche probably wouldn't want that on film. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. And the other thing that was great was, you know, there's a giant red warning light in the center of the dash, yeah. and the works driver who's doing the hot lap said, "If for any, it's you know highly unlikely. It's like a water landing in an airplane. But in the unlikely event that this yeah. starts flashing, just." Get out of the car any way that you can, as quickly as you can, and run as fast as you can. So, wow. so did, they, did they look at you and point at you and I said, I need a verbal yes before we yeah, proceed? They did. Yeah, <laughs> they did. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. Before people say, oh, this is why electric cars are bad. That's the same story they would tell give you if it was a gas powered car. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was. If you see fire, run. get out. Right, yeah. exactly. But, you know, and I, any they, race car driver knows they tell you, if the car is on fire, get out. If it's not on fire, stay in the car until the corner workers come to you. Yeah. But if it's on fire, get out. Yeah, I know. You know, one of the other journalists was talking about it and, and saying, yeah, it's 900 volts, but it's not the volts that kill you. It's the amperage. <laughs> like, <laughs> 900 freaking volts is a lot of volts. You know, so here, it's like saying, you know, Phoenix is 130 today, but it's a dry heat. It's like So here's the thing. I'm sure sitting in it felt fast, but you know how when you – if you've been to a track or you've been to PEC or whatever and you watch cars go around, like they don't seem that fast. Like you and maybe they're making noise when they're turning and stuff like that. But I watched that car go around the track and I felt like if I had a remote control in my hand, like I was controlling it. Like it was like ridiculously fast. Like it, was. it looked fast. And and to look fast on a track, I can only imagine how fast it felt to be inside the thing. Really fast. And how did you not hurl? I, I you know, it was only three laps. If it had been four laps, yeah. you know, I, I make no guarantees about not hurling. But, I mean, it was really, you know, absolutely incredible. And, you know, I, we didn't have, uh, you know, a hands device on, but I kind of had. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's violent. Yeah. I mean, it is, you know, um, just absolutely incredible. And when you're outside of it, the sound is, is actually... It's it's very know. mechanical, like geary sound. Yeah, like, yeah. Like you I hear mean, the gears. It's not unpleasant. It, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting to listen to. And it's not it's not George Jetson, right? Like no. people always say, electric cars sound like no, no, no. It's not this the thing. Sa- it, this this thing, thing sounded very mechanical. I don't know because yeah. they had straight cut gears or anything like that in the transmission or whatever it had, but it sounded pretty wicked. Yeah, it's just it, it different. Really, yeah, yeah, it's it's different, but it was certainly not comical or unpleasant to listen to. I mean, yeah, it was, and they said, what was the power on that thing? And a thousand eighty in qualifying mode or something and it, like and that. And it can charge in fifteen minutes, like eighty percent. Yeah, yeah, it's like a thousand eighty-eight PS. So I mean, that's fairly. And it's close made to, to run twenty-five laps or something like that. Something like not that. at a thousand. That's qualifying. Yeah, that's qualifying. Oh, that's qualifying. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay. it's I think normal is like seven half an hour at the race output, which is. Six or seven hundred, or yeah. six or seven hundred yeah. PS, something right, like that. So I mean, it's it is it is you know as Rolls Royce used to say, adequate. As long as it yeah. takes a cup car to drain a gas tank. Yeah. So I'm assuming that is their rolling laboratory for what they're going to do for the street car. So imagine that car dialed back fifty percent, and now you're down to three hundred and fifty horsepower with three hundred and fifty foot pounds of torque in a street car that's more comfortable. 
that's I think that's gonna be a fun car to drive. Yeah, yeah, it'll be nice. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they should, you know, it should be mandatory for electric car phobes and so, haters to take a hot lap in that thing. So, so that car is rear wheel driven, or all wheel driven? All, I'm pretty sure. That's all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that means future. It's be all. Yeah, yeah. Future Boxster Cayman will also be all. Mm, well, not necessarily. Uh, that's what my, my that's my question. Yeah, I yeah. mean, if that's the lab, right? Yeah. Like, GT4 E Performance definitely is all wheel drive because the Mission yeah. R is yeah. they're the same thing. Yeah. yeah, the um, here's what I think. You know, and this is speculation, but um, you know, base seven eighteen Cayman, one rear motor. Yeah, uh, maybe the GTS or GT4 E Performance road car if they did something like that. Two motors. Yeah, you know, front and rear. So let me ask you guys know. if. Would you prefer 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 all wheel drive or rear wheel drive if you were to get one in an electric car in the future? I don't know. I've never driven a rear wheel drive electric car, um, and I've never. I've only had what two minutes inside a Taycan, so yeah. I couldn't say. Um, Manny, I don't think it really matters because they put yeah. uh, so many um, electronic driving aids on it. That you're not going to really. Uh, you don't think like you're not going to be able to have fun with a oh, real drive, real you'll have drive fun, car. But you're not going to. Uh, it's 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 not going to be like a uh, Carrera or SC or uh, early mm. car without the driving aids. I don't know if you can turn them off. Just you know, so you they're, no, they're, not, they're never, never going to do that. <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's legal issues with that one, right? Yeah. If you want to be a Model Three performance, then you'll want all-wheel drive. Yeah, so if you want all that. That'll trip, be right? the. Yeah, if you don't want to be shown up yeah. by a Tesla sedan, then. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of Cayman, I hear there's been some uh, progress on your. Yeah, game. there has. So, <clears throat> last time we uh, left off here, and the front main seal or the crank shaft pulley seal um, had been just kind of hanging there, halfway torn up. I had been trying multiple different things to try and get out of the car. The reason I decided to remove and replace it was because when I did the um, harmonically balanced underdrive pulley, because I have a lightweight flywheel, um, I noticed that my old seal looked like it was weeping a little bit of oil. So I figured, how hard could it be? You know, I've replaced seals tons famous of times Famous last before. words. Famous last exactly. words. Exactly. So um, it was actually really, really tough to replace. However, had I only listened... Or well, first asked earlier, but had listened to the first advice that was given to me at the uh, Easton warehouse and training facility. I would have figured out that I needed a flex head uh, piece for my drill with the right angle drill. So flex mm -hmm. head and right angle, and um, I was able to drill using a self tapping screw a tiny little hole where I put in two into screws the into the seal. Okay. And then used a, I brought the little tool and I also have some, some pictures as well, um, that, uh, maybe Robert could put up, but basically it's, it's a, it's a crank shaft pulley seal or it's a pulley seal puller, mm -hmm. but instead of having these screws, which you see here and, you know, you twist this and it pushes on the crankshaft and pulls the seal out, it was these two little thin pieces of metal that were supposed to go into the edge of the seal and pull out and. They, they bend like immediately. Ah. And so I drilled those two holes, put these screws in and used the tool in a different way and cut off the end here and drilled a hole because it, there's so little room ah. uh, to put this tool. And it took a lot of force 
just to pull the seal out. Like, but luckily, I was but luckily it. those those screws held on to the seal. They, they held didn't, on. They didn't pop off. One of them almost didn't, but oh. the other was in there really well. So I was able to when this one started to to, to come out, um, you uh, I pulled on the side that was okay and yeah. it just popped out. Really? So what you'll see if you look if you're looking on YouTube right here that you're you're seeing is the new seal put in. So I put okay. it in at exactly the right. I had a the seal um, pusher or uh -huh. installation tool. Yeah, you need that that standard kit that you get for any sort of car. Okay, and that'll work. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I was worried about drilling into this seal because, you know, a little bit of metal could you know fall into the engine. Yeah. Well, fortunately, I don't think it fell into the engine. Um, you can see little bits of metal in some of the pictures if you're watching on YouTube that are still sort of inside the inside of the seal. Um, but I figure if any tiny little piece did fall in, it'll probably go through the filter and I should yeah. be all good crossing fingers. So far, so good. Yeah. I no saw, check engine I light. Saw, I saw the car oh. parked out front, so that's a yeah. good sign. Yeah, exactly. So mm -hmm. if anyone's thinking of doing the crank pulley seal, it's um, it's a tough job, but also... Don't mess around with anything. Just get your flex head with the right angle, uh, drill head, and a self-tapping screw, and do it that way. You're gonna yeah, save so, yourself a lot of time. So it took you how many months? Months because, to because you it weren't out. you weren't sure how exactly to approach it. But now I got frustrated, walked away, yeah. and left it. But now, so, if you were to go back and do it in someone else's car, it'd be like it would take. Like once you have the engine cover off, yeah. this would probably take two hours, if yeah. that. Because you have the confidence, because you know exactly. It took how me an it... hour by the time I started drill, drilling with a self-tapping screw. By the time I got the seal out. So, so... was there any danger <laughs> drilling into that seal that you might like drill no, there, into there's, something else? There's nothing behind it that you can easily drill into. Um, like these long screws, even if they I had put them all the way in, um, I don't think would have quite touched. I wouldn't do that, you know, right. put as little screw in as you can. Right. But you know, if, if you just get the end of a self tapping screw and it barely goes in and That's the threads enough. don't even start, oh, just okay. stop there, pull the screw out and then, you know, then use that screw these things in, you know, nice and easily, not too far and nice. start using a tool. So, uh, well, congrats, done. <laughs> congrats. And it sure feels good to drive the car again. Yeah, it feels great. Um, I love it. And now I know for sure I'm driving to parade in Palm Springs this year. Okay. So, and that's, is that why I see a, there's a roof rack on your car? Roof now. rack. Um, which so, is an interesting story in and of itself. Yeah. It came with the, the car. Of that item. Yeah. It came with the car and I didn't realize they were so rare, but I, I was kind of wondering how much they would cost if I wanted to buy one. And the 996 version is like $810 yeah. on Pelican. <laughs> that doesn't, it'll fit apparently, but it doesn't fit exactly right. Yeah. You cannot buy new and the um, 987 version is very rare. So How I'm bad is the wind noise with it? About 20 miles an hour it starts. Yeah. And then it gets a little better at like 30, 40, but then by 50, 60 and up, you, there's this constant. There's there's a, a weird frequency that you can hear through the radio as well. So yeah. it'll be a little bit annoying, but eh. it's not too bad. It's not like you're going to leave it on there, right, no, for a no. long so, time. But, yeah, that'll, I'll put a root basket on there and, you know, uh, probably a spare wheel and a toolbox and the oil because I need to do an oil change before I come back out. To oh, right, Maryland. right, right. So... All right, Manny, we've got, uh, hopefully, I don't know, the weather forecast is very typical for Carlisle this time of year, but we're preparing for uh, a little show. What show? 
the swap meet. Isn't that this oh, weekend? Oh, yeah, like it's going to be a show. It'll be raining. <laughs> it's always, Is it going to be raining? It's always raining yeah. for this show. Oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to go this time, then. you got to go because you said you're going to help me oh. film film something. All right, all right. It'll still be fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll go early. Bring a lot of plastic to cover your Yeah, family. we got to bring some plastic yeah. to cover it the clothes. Be... Honestly, I think filming in the rain is probably the truest representation yeah. of that event. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, actually it's the first time it's rained in many years. Uh, I've never been. Oh, really? You never go. I know because I'm always on. (laughs) Like, like I, I, I wrote to Steve. I said, finally, I'm here and I can go this weekend. I don't. I'm not on travel. So um, I've gone like five times in the past nine or ten years, and it's I think maybe sprinkled once. I've been. Oh, really? Oh, cool. This weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Twenty nine. You gonna stay and go? I don't have my kids this weekend. There you go. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Rob can sell selfishly. I, so here, here, Manny, since I haven't gone in a while, do you think because of the rain that you're to blame? You, yes, <laughs> that you have better odds of getting good deals because no. there's not as much competition. No, because what's going to happen? Is, like people like me are going to rethink about even bringing stuff. Oh, so um, um, I I know. I mean, you may. Yeah, uh, but uh, like. Uh, I'm not going to have a roller bear- bearing crank sitting out in the <laughs> yeah, rain, I'm guessing. Take my you know. stainless targa bar that's sitting over there. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's art. Yeah, no, Bob Gutyard is even thinking about bagging it. Really? Mm, interesting. Oh, man. Yeah, that stinks. Well, we'll see. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, how much, how much stuff did you have? You have a Suburban worth of stuff that you were planning to bring? I started filling it up, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's going to go back in the attic, but uh, mm. I won't pull it up if it's raining. Yeah, because you don't want that stuff. Man, I remember. I think it was Bob's stuff or someone's stuff. I remember they pulled it out for display, and it was like moldy because the last time they went, it was raining, and then they put it in their box just and never sealed let it, it out, and it never wow. aired out. And when they opened it, they're like, "Oh no, I ruined all my stuff." <laughs> Discount. <laughs> Discount. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, I heard that someone prepared a game for Rob. Is that something we're gonna do right now? Yeah, so we were uh, we were what? talking. Uh, Rob and I it's were news uh, to me. Oh, Rob, you don't know about this? Oh, well, we tried uh, to get his Tinder profile, but he wouldn't let us look at it. So instead, we're, uh, we we oh. looked at his uh, bring a trailer profile. Well, this is a lot more salacious. Oh, wow. I yes. can guarantee you. And so we wanted to go through about which cars he would re- he regretted selling. <laughs> In which ones he didn't. So every I'm one of them. Say that first one, '99 Carrera Four, that was a nice one. Oh, that if was, I had that, that one, was, I would probably keep it. That was the height of stupidity for me <laughs> selling that. I mean, just okay. So well, all right, we we have to describe the car for listeners because they may not be oh, seeing seeing you. the, the screen. So what what is, the first car up is your uh, early '99 996 C4. Yeah. In guards red, which is a pretty guards rare. The factory arrow factory kit. Arrow kit. Yeah. Um, lower apex honestly, wheels just line up and and kick me in the backside just the three of you i mean there's <laughs> nothing else that to was say a, those, about those wheels this. and the arrow kit uh as, that just has a great stance that's to a it. good right. looking yeah car. i know it it so what was great what, what it looked did like you a, what like did you buy that you had to have that you got rid of a tvr <laughs> no 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 i bought a i bought a 997.2 Oh, which was cab. also a great yeah. one. The Cabriolet? Oh, the cab. Silver Cab. Which was wow. just stupid. You just, you just well, dropped a couple of pegs when people see this on <laughs> yeah. YouTube. I, I know. Your I cred know. has just. Uh, I know. It was. Well, no, to, to his credit, to his credit, he was thinking about his kids. And I remember you saying, right. Your kids love riding in a drop top. Yes. And so, because you had they, gotten rid of your. Dakar Yellow E36 M3, which they never forgave me for. Right. And so you sold so this I, beautiful I 996 for a 
not to be disrespectful, sort of a ho hum gray cab or silver black cab. I mean, yeah. it was a nice car, but it was kind of just it, it was, your average yeah, car. It was, uh, you know what? What really turned me off on that car is I went to a Cars and Coffee and I saw like four identical <laughs> yeah, cars. Yeah, exactly. You can I'm park like, him back. I'm out of this. You can park him back. Yeah. All right, I, so, I know. So you so, majorly. Uh, so the next one up would be a '92 968 six-speed coupe. What color is that? Black. Oh, it's black. Black. That car. And, but did you regret selling that one? Not a ton. It was a really good car. It had a nice history. If that thing had been like Riviera blue yeah. or speed yellow, it would have been a keeper. But black, black, just you know. It, honestly, I think Manny, this is your quote. You know, owning a black car is an occupation. You know, it, it just it just is. It never, you know, you could do all the paint correction that you wanted, and three months later, all the swirl marks are back. I, I would love to be there when someone is justifying to themselves about buying a black car. Yeah. Well, I didn't you know? want black, but the price is really exactly. good. So why, no. why, why are you guys looking <laughs> not, at me? They're not that hard to take care of. I mean, you know, I won't take it for car <laughs> washes. BS. You know, honestly, it is. It was less a car than a swirl mark display system. I mean, you know, it, it just that, that. If I remember correctly, like that you you came upon that car at a very good deal, and someone that took care of it very yeah, well. Yeah, no, it was a I mean, really well-cared-for car yeah. with a great history, a good, it was great a good records. Yeah. It was a very, very nice car. Um, relatively low miles. I think it only had like 75,000 miles on yeah. it. Uh, it was a six-speed, obviously. You know, it's what you want in a 968, a six-speed yeah. coupe. Um, but I, yeah. I, I don't want a black car, and I own three of them. Yeah, <laughs> But, yeah, some, so, but so, so, sometimes it's like the price is right, the, the conditions are right. The black right. car was – it is the last black car I'll ever own. The black car was the giant – Buzzkill. Okay, bets on that. So, bets, bets on that. Yeah, yeah right. No, it is. I mean, the, the black <laughs> car. There'll be the, another the giant buzzkill, but otherwise, really yeah. nice car. I, All right. I, I love your confidence that you're never going in a black car. <laughs> you will definitely. <laughs> it's like I'll right. never drink again. All right. So what's next? All right, but it's happy hour today. O uh, two Saab nine three convertible. No regrets at all. Five I mean, speed. Zero regrets. It That's was, a kind of a cool car. Though. It, it was. It was nice. It was like the last year, so it had like all the Vigan. Stuff the wheels and the seats and cool everything. car for not a lot of money. You said vegan? Uh, What's that? That's vegan the, is the, like vegan, the model. The, yeah, the, like the sports model. The, yeah, the V I G G E N. Yeah, not vegan, which is how most people yeah. pronounce it. But but you all that, you, you also that bought that car? car for a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought it for a song and somebody loved it when it went up on Bring a Trailer. So you yeah. know it had a very happy ending. They, happy buyer. They happy loved seller. it. It was only sold for thirteen thousand. That's well, actually really good for that's really good one for of that. those cars. It was, it was a five-speed, which <laughs> that, is fairly rare. That's, that's, I mean... If you're to, I would not pay over 10 for I was that. About to that's say, because I'm not really... I don't... I, that's not my kind of car. I, I have to say, that car had absolutely the worst torque steer imaginable. But I that's, mean, yeah, that, that was, was the characteristic of that car. Right. When you're mid, mid-turn and you hit it and the boost kicks in. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that was, yeah. you know, if that's your idea of fun, then this is your car. That was also a very striking color, too. It was yeah. al- almost like Guards Red. Yeah, it's Guards Red um, with black. It's Everything. a comfortable cruiser. Yeah, it had 40,000 miles on it or something. And I mean, how long did you like, have it? Like a year and a half, I had it for. I mean, for me, that's that's pretty long. All right, then you went back. Let's see. Uh, I got. I guess it's the chronic. Before that, you had an O two. Oh yeah, all right. Nine nine six. Right. six uh, speed can we turbo? not? Can we not talk about this? Thirty five grand. Just what not, a sucker! I know. I know. The, uh, I know. You did the article. I know. So I paid thirty two for it, and I got thirty five for and it after ex- spending. Five grand in maintenance on it. Is, is this the one you did the article in Canada? You drove yeah, the yeah. Nathan Mers and I drove the thing to, to Quebec City. And a YouTube video, which Nathan stars in, which um, 
still relevant today if you want to find out about 996 Turbo and actually see it being driven on some pretty rough roads, middle of winter, and on snow. And he yeah. was, and you had like summer tires, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, did, did he? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think we were trying to bring attention to that I, fact. But, which well. I think, yeah, can we Whoops. not mention that? Because but technically <laughs> that is a violation of the law in the province of Quebec. Oh, yeah, it's 2019. Too, too right? And now, I don't think the late. statute of limitations is run on that. Yeah, but that, yeah. Uh, but it, you made it through everything. That's everything. What's amazing and about yeah. that we car. We drove it on like like a snowpack, yeah, yeah. Like area. Yeah, yeah I mean, so. there's a there's video of the thing on like a snowmobile path mm-hmm. or something. I mean, it was thirty five grand. That yeah, car, all right. that car today is how much now, guys? Probably forty fifty. No, oh no, way like more 60, than that. Sixty. Yeah, wow. I mean, that car had a lot of miles on it. When I sold it, it had like eighty eight thousand miles on it. But even oh, with that's those miles, wait a minute. In less than five minutes, you said <laughs> relatively low miles was seventy five thousand, and you jumped five thousand miles and say it had a lot of miles at eighty thousand well, miles. What what what's the, what is the low miles and what's high miles? Is a thirty-plus-year-old car, so under a hundred thousand miles for a thirty-plus-year-old car is relatively low. This, on the other hand, is still kind of a late model used car. So having close to a hundred thousand miles is considered. So when high you describe yourself, you say I'm middle aged. You don't say I'm old. Uh, of no, course, old. no, no, no. He doesn't. He definitely says middle aged. Yeah, he's definitely. But uh, no, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean that was. So why why did you sell that one? To buy the Saab? <laughs> no, I sold that one and I bought a uh, uh, that Guards Red 997.2 uh, six-speed base Carrera. Base Carrera that was coupe. a nice car. Oh, I don't remember nice that car. car. You had that car. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. that car. So that, that one, that's the car with the... This isn't all the cars you own, but this is so far the, the one you're yeah. So before that, the next one you sold before the turbo, because we're going back kind of backwards, is the 99... Uh, that was That was nice. That was a nice car. You picked that up yeah. for less than 15 and, grand. And he sold right. it in 2018 for $20,000. <laughs> right. Okay. Which was probably good money right. for that. I do not who, have... Who, th- who thought of this game? I love this game. I do not have... I love this game. Freaking crystal ball, okay? <laughs> that is apparent. From it's not this. like 99 isn't the most desirable year. I'm buying no, lunch no, for no, whoever thought of this game. And it's an early 99. It's got the, the amber um That car uh, was signal. like mint. Right. I remember right. when it right. With, with like, you know, a phone book of records going back to new. It was sold at... Uh, Oh, the Porsche dealer in Marin. I mean, the thing had never been out of the you know the driest part of Northern California in its life. Uh, it was it was fantastic, and I Is bought it literally black? right yeah. black on black right after I took this job in 2017 in Monterey. I just went on Craigslist, and there it was. The asking price was like 17, and I wound up paying 16. 250 oh, for the wow. car <laughs> and like, drove like it back to the Hampton Inn in Salinas and yeah. and cleaned it up and drove it uh for you know instead of a rental car uh for Monterey Car Week it was it was a phenomenal car it lives in Traverse City Michigan the guy who bought oh, it oh really yeah mm-hmm. okay and I see it from time to time and it's still absolutely perfect but I mean I remember taking a paint meter to the car you know, it. You could tell. You just could, could tell looking yeah. at that car that it was so stock. It's a thirty yeah, so thirty five thousand dollars yeah. Like now. zero options. Zero it had options. Seventeens, but somebody for whatever reason decided they had to have the aluminum gauge faces and mm. uh, uh, shift knob and handbrake knob, and that's that's it. Those are the only options the car had. Man, so this listing is just the cars you sold on BAT. There's. Oh, there's okay. more. Yeah, oh, of course. But wait, there's more. <laughs> there's no. more. Yeah. Do we have to? And now you go back to British before that. And now we're in 2017, the 72 Lotus Elan plus two, the very desirable body style. 
Well, it's actually better looking than the the Roadster. I don't get I don't, car. I don't get that car. I don't know. So how long? Did you, well, I, I know you have an affinity for British cars, especially uh, fairly obscure. No, British thanks cars. for outing me on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. Uh, the um, I think I saw uh, me and Ron. Uh, you know what I saw was an have... Elite at Cars and Coffee last weekend. Elite, well, like an original Elite. Yes. Yeah, those are really pretty. But that has the back seat, really valuable. Right? No, the, like the seventies Elite. Yeah, those are hideous. The one that looks like a like a Pickup shooting truck? brake, like a station wagon. Uh, maybe it was at least it looked like. Anyways, so you got that. Uh, you had that for how long? Uh, like a year and a half. And you put what a hundred miles on it? No, I I drove that thing from Ann Arbor to Detroit a number of times on my daily commute. I'll give that insane. to Rob. Rob drives his car. Yeah, and he has no. He'll drive to Amelia with not no. even servicing the car. No, I <laughs> remember you in the convertible at Amelia Island. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I the BMW, it's a BMW M3 convertible. What's the car yellow? Is that what that Deck is? car yeah. yellow with a five speed and dove gray uh, Vader like sports seats. Were you, and, Manny, were you in the car with us when we were coming home from? I hit from, the possum. <laughs> you no. hit the possum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> took out a fog light. Took, took out a fog light. We just heard this. Ka-dunk. I'm like, yeah. oh. Man, what was that? It yeah. was on. It was on that uh, like the causeway that bridge yeah. leaving Amelia Island, and that and, was a cool. To my credit, I tried to avoid the possum. But yeah, you how long did you have the uh, the uh, BMW for? That was over two years. So uh, then, that before was... then, you had the uh, so we have the Ferrari three hundred eight. Yeah, in blue, which yeah. is cool. Quattro eighty three. Yeah, um, all right. Let's... That's one of the more desirable years, right? Uh, 80s. like the 80, 81s are not so No, desirable. they're the two valve injected cars. But the quattro valve. Not, the four valve so. injected cars are, uh, 83, unfortunately, is the year before Ferrari galvanized the bodies. Oh. And it was like a game of whack-a-mole. That like, was a factory well, color, that blue? Yeah, blue Sarah. That's got to be rare, too. Is yeah. that, is that car fun to drive? It is. is uh, it? Okay. it really is. I mean, it's a lot better than you would think. It's not very fast. It's, you know, it's like a 3-2 Carrera. I mean, there were competitors back in the day. Uh, the gated shifter, you know, once the, the gearbox oil is warm, is really fun to use. It makes good noise. Um, it's not built that badly, and it was very reliable. So hmm. I had it four years, which is an eternity for me. How much did you sell for? Uh, 65, I think. 65? Yeah, which okay. don't, don't price them today. That car had 21,000 yeah. original miles on it when I sold it. How much it? Well, that's they, almost how much ready for a rebuild then, right? Uh, <laughs> no, honestly, I mean, that is a typical, you know... Thing all that, Ferraris that are low miles. Say, you know, the top ends of those cars are good for a hundred thousand miles, you know, before they need a top end, and the bottom ends are, are you know, unbreakable. So, but Ferrari you know, people are very sensitive to mileage. If you had they are. if you have a hundred thousand mile Ferrari, a they lot of them they don't even want to look at they it. They don't brag like Porsche owners brag yeah. about it. Well, you know, something miles. Keith Martin had a two hundred thousand mile 308 GT4 that was beautiful mm. and sold really well. Um, uh, Sean Dugan at Hyman Limited had a hundred thousand mile 308. You know, that drove beautifully. It's like Ferrari people are even crazier than Porsche people about miles, but for no good reason. I mean, the 21,000 mm. miles that that car had was unremarkable. That oh, was that really, was, yeah, no, that was just yeah. kind of meh. Really? You know? Yeah. Wow. Uh, that was not stupid low miles. I wonder wow. at what point in his life they disconnect the odometer for a while. No <laughs> one ever does that, Manny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I do think that, like everything else, the odometers on the, those cars, you know, have a nylon gear in them. Yeah. That, don't you know, don't reset them while you're moving. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. But you know, all the receipts and everything's you know indicated that. So the, that one did you regret selling? Yeah, hugely. I really? Still do to this day. Even though it's a rust bucket. 
It wasn't a rust bucket. It was just one of those things where every spring when you'd take it out of storage, there'd yeah. be a tiny bubble somewhere that uh. you'd have to go and taken care of and everything else. I mean, it wasn't a, a rusty car. It was just, you know, you had that annoyance of, is that a bubble there? Yes, it is. You know, that kind of thing. You never have to worry about with like a 911 SC. The next car is cool. E30 Cabriolet manual, uh, white yeah, 325i. 15.5. I think that's good money for that car. Are you reliving it, your yuppie days when you got It there, was. Or? No, I was. I'm going to call you Blaine. Remember Blaine? <laughs> pretty and pink? I remember those, those <laughs> yeah. cars. That's what like people drove to high school. They would yeah. find an Blaine. old 30 That's what Blaine two, drove in Pretty yeah. and Pink. In, in yeah. Southern California, even in 2016, because I remember in 2014, E30s totally different sort of ball game because yeah. you saw them everywhere. Yeah. You paid over 10 grand in 2016 for an E30. Probably too much, unless yeah. it was like an M3. That was a silly. That was a that was white with cardinal red. It had yeah. sports seats. It was a five speed, you know, manual top. Um, you know, E30. It was not. You know, it was still a year with the diving board bumpers, which was kind of the knock on it. But yeah. it was a forty five thousand mile, absolutely perfect car. Mm-hmm. It was truth be told, it was too nice for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, very yeah. nice. What year did you start at PCA? Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Okay. So the Dakar. I like M3 how you hit all these cars from your resume. Otherwise, we might have thought differently. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know about this. <laughs> Gee, Manny, what did you drive today? A BMW. Well, at and least it's the- not a 1968 MGC GT four-speed with overdrive. Yeah, I need Ron Gordon here. Oh, God. You know, to, for so how much did that car run? <laughs> all the time. I mean, really? Yeah. yeah. And, and that was, frighteningly, that was the third MGC that I've owned. Really? And they made like 2,000 of them. So, I mean, wow. I've owned like, you know. I got to say, I love the design of that car. I Like that shape is very classic to me. It is. It's got, you know, like not one but two hood bulges. It was mm. It's hysterical. Typical British fashion. They made this giant hood bulge in the center of the, the hood of the car to, to clear the six-cylinder engine that was there in place of the four-cylinder MGB mm. engine. And then they realized that the carburetor still won't clear. So there's like a little teardrop-shaped bulge inside of the giant bulge to clear the carburetors. It's, Double it's bubble. It's hysterical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Double it's ridiculous. Bubble. So since those were the hardtop version of the yeah. MGB, yes. um, did it not leak? It did not leak. Oh, wow. Well, it, it did not. Well, I mean, it leaked. Just not <laughs> inside. Oil. Not, not oil. Not worth the yeah, yeah, just <laughs> not inside the Rainwater inside. Yeah. yeah no, no, it leaked. be specific here. Yeah, it leaked plenty outside. No sunroof? Uh, slick top car? Uh, yeah, no sunroof. If, if it had, had sunroof, they, they did. You they could, did? It was a, I think it was a dealer thing, but it was oh. those big cloth sliding things. Oh, yeah, Those yeah. are... Yeah, what, do they, what do they yeah. call those? Uh, not ragtops. I mean, I, I know they the call them ragtops, but they're well, also... Vasto was the company that yeah, made yeah, yeah. them. And the company made the heaters and made the yeah, sunroof? Yeah, thing? exactly. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and they're super nice to have, but uh, it was, believe it or not, it was a good car. Overdrive... Um, that thing would cruise on the highway at 85 all day long. Oh. And I'm, I'm not going to go here, but drive one of those and drive a 356C coupe. Oh, no, 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 I'm you just, didn't. Oh, no, I, you I didn't. didn't. I didn't. I did oh, not no, you say didn't. anything. I'm just saying. Oh, no, you didn't. I'm just so saying. You can appreciate how high end the 356 was, right? The 356 yeah, has to be way more going. solid, way more solid than an Are you MGC. just going to like, you just, you just step in on your cred and just smush it even No, I'm, I didn't say anything. I did not finish the sentence. People are going to start saying, telling people to go make their own informed decisions exactly. about the cars. People are going to start sending their resumes to well, us. For, yeah. But for those of us that can't pick up a uh, MGC GT at uh, Hertz, 
yeah. and test drive it, which one do you like better? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going there, man. That means you like the MG No, better. no, 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 no. All I will say is... We love them all. <laughs> it does not... It doesn't have the build quality of a 356. Right. I mean, let's face but it. But what about the ride quality or the ha- handling? Um, they're not great handlers. Uh, they have a lot of weight... They, they took out this little All right. horse. What about acceleration, then? <laughs> the acceleration is good. It's 150 horsepower. So that's more than Oh, that's yeah. more than yeah. yeah, it's 150 horsepower. Yeah. Um, and it will, you know, it's, a, it's a legit drum brakes. 120 mile an hour car. No, so, it's discs in front, drums in the rear. So is it more of like a muscle car compared to a 356 because it has it's the a, power, a, but it can't cruiser. do anything else? I mean, people compare it to a, like a cheap E-type or something like that. Mm. I mean, it's, you know, it sounds good because it's mm-hmm. got a straight six. Um, like a three liter straight six. That's a big motor for that. Car. It is, yeah. and and a heavy motor, which is yeah. the knock on the what car. What did the four they cylinders have? Like one point what? Uh, they're one eight, and I think ninety six horsepower. Wow. So this that is was a big jump, a yeah. giant jump. Um, you know, the knock on them was the steering was heavier, which it was. They dialed in, you know, like another turn, lock to lock, so it wasn't as quick. Steering wise, is a B. But it's a good cruiser. You know, I mean, it literally will, you know, go 85 down the highway at 3,000 RPMs all day long. Well, thank you, Rob, for playing today's game. Yeah. And thank you. Manny, did you come up with this? Who came up with this? Yeah, I thought we should have it on the show because it was... All right. I owe you lunch because that was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Not for you guys. It wasn't for me. The $35,000 996 twin turbo sale. Next time we're going to break into all your girlfriends. That's freaking hysterical. <laughs> You know. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Actually, before we move on, be sure if you can, if you're watching uh, on YouTube, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. We uh, definitely appreciate all your support there. Videos. We dropped a, a couple of videos, and of course, we talked about the podcast. But the most recent video is uh, the Red Nine Eleven SC. Yeah. So that is a regular viewer, uh, Paul Gentili, and you've probably seen him on Tech Tactics Live commenting. You've seen his car in a past Tech Tactics Live, and you'll see his car again Tonight. on this Wednesday's, uh, today's Tech Tactics Live, yep. which um, will be with Nathan talking published about, by the time you hear this. Yep. So uh, We'll be on with Nathan talking about 911 SCs, almost like mm-hmm. a buyer's guide. Yeah, exactly. So, so I drove it. It's an 83, last model year. I want to get a couple things out of the way. No, SCs do not have non-power brakes. I made a mistake. It felt like a pretty stiff pedal. And uh, you know what? Uh, I didn't do my homework on that. So uh, thanks for pointing that out. It does not have um, non-power brakes. They are vacuum boosted. So let's get barely, that out of the way. Barely, barely yeah, boosted. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's still, wow. it's, it's not like a modern car. Because I didn't know it either. I, I yeah. thought it was uh, mechanical brakes. Like the, It felt like yeah. the 9 It was 76 or 77 was the last mechanical brake setup in 911, as uh, I think people uh, pointed out. Also, 911 SEs in the U.S. were 180 horsepower, DIN horsepower for every single model year. Mm. So there's been some people who have said, but it I've had seen 172 180. reported. Well, that's SAE horsepower, I believe. Okay. What is it? So 180 DIN horsepower, 175 pound-feet of torque for the first two model years, I believe. And then I believe it's either 80 or 81 where it went up to 189 pound-feet of torque. So um, I know there's a lot of mis- misinformation. I was... Double checking myself because there were some comments about it, uh, it on the video, but 180 for US spec models, Europeans and rest of the world got the horsepower increases mm. along the way. Mm. So with that out of the way, 
Really nice car. Um, I've driven another 911 SC. I believe it was an 81 or an 82. And then also that one that I rented through Haggerty, which was an 81 or an 82. Mm-hmm. This one drove a lot better than it's either of the really ones. really nice car. Yeah. Here's this one the, drove a lot better. The question that I have for the experts, mm-hmm. the early cars, like 78s and 79s, have an air pump. And the later ones don't. And I'm wondering why that is. You know, what changed? I you know, I think if anything, emission laws got stricter. Was it the oxygen same... sensor? No, they, uh, they, you know, out of the box, they think they had Bosch, you know, oxygen sensors and CIS. So better, I don't better catalysts. I don't good. Yeah, better I catalyst? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've owned. So um, that car has a 915 transmission, right? It does 915, and just like Carreras did later. Have you driven a G50? How did it? I have, yeah. Um, 915s, I've driven. So like the rental car, 911 SE, not great. This one was good, but you have to get used. For me, pulling away is fine. It's shifting. I have to slow down. Yeah. And what is a regular shift in my Cayman is too quick. Yeah. For a 915. Right. Um, at least the one I drove. I've, I've driven some with a, a Wevo shifter that makes it, I feel like it makes it a little bit easier to shift a little more quickly and more the way I, I do it. But G50s are easier. You don't have mm. to think about it as much. You can or actually at least I don't the synchro mesh. Yeah. The synchro mesh. 915. But, and, and I'm not going to get into the 915 mm-hmm. versus I'm not going to make no, you say no, which no, one's better or not. Man, They're yeah, different. Because yeah. we've, we've had this argument. And I've driven very well set up 915 mm-hmm. transmissions. Yeah. I mean, to me, I think it's it's in a lot of it is in whoever had their hands on it last because mm-hmm. you know I think the those shift rods, you know, having those properly adjusted makes a big difference with the way. Yeah. And I'm sure Nathan's going to go over it because Nathan is very attuned to this. And I think he actually went through it in his Carrera 3.2 video a couple of years ago. But a well set up 915 is likely just as good, if not better, than a G50, mm-hmm. which doesn't. It won't change the G50. I guess what Nathan describes it as is it doesn't change how it feels the more it wears, and then boom, you need to rebuild it or you need a new clutch. A 915 will let you know as it's wearing down over the years. Ah, I see. And it'll get a little worse and a little worse, and so I'm sure he'll cover that again on tonight. So okay, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like a a 915 with 200,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. I mean, the synchros get weak, and and you know the mm-hmm. shift quality deteriorates and everything else. But I mean, it's still yeah. serviceable. I mean, yeah, you know, still serviceable. Clutch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 911 SE. It's getting back to this car. Really nice car. Um, it just very refined suspension. So if you have a well set up 911 SE, it feels really compliant and this one had came with the sport shocks um so even with sport shocks it felt really nice compliant ride uh, fairly sporty um you know it's nearly stock so the handling isn't going to be like an autocrosser on the nose you really have to you can feel what the front end is doing and that's either understeering a little yeah. you have to set the front end in yeah. a car like this mm-hmm. so very different kind of drive all right, let's jump into the news. Uh, first one up is quarter one sales. They are they are doing very well, making. It'll be of, interesting to see what quarter two and quarter yeah. three bring because the uh, you see that that note from UPS where they're um, anticipating or they're going to be sh- basically announced they're going to be shipping less packages than uh, before, and uh, their stock actually went down upon this announcement. Where they have shipped, I know I'm butchering up this news, but a UPS is a barometer mm-hmm. of how many packages you know for the uh, overall. It was like a leading US indicator, economy. like a leading uh, indicator of recession. Robert for seven percent drop. Ooh. So, um, so I mean, are they touting that as like a leading indicator of recession or what? Basically, the economy slowing down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, so, yeah. 
Um, also that coming. But Porsche did uh, post a uh, record of quarter one sales. Um, I would thank you to the help of China, which is still the uh, biggest uh, market for Porsche. Um, and if you've read all other articles, like their EVs, um, they didn't meet expectations. And it wasn't because of sales. It's supply. Mm-hmm. Supply, yeah. They can't get yeah. the parts to manufacture these cars. So people want to buy them, but they just can't uh, manufacture them. So yeah. um, if you want the... the- the full explanation, or the best one I've heard, I would go back and listen to episode fifty-nine because I believe Boris, Boris went over it. Yeah, yeah, and it really takes well. you know one week link in the chain, right? That kind of yeah. limits the the ability to produce the number of cars that you really want because you're you're relying so- on someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, while I was away, uh, the uh, exhibit at the Peterson opened up, and mm-hmm. uh, you guys did some amazing posts there. Looks like the yeah, thank you, Bogdan. cool, rep- cool representation. Yep. And I think uh, Mr. Scholar's photo, and we had like, uh, we did have a reporter on site, and that that story is coming to us in the next couple of days, and we'll share it with you next week. So, yep, and Panorama has a story on that in the works too. Cool. And that's uh, called We Are Porsche, I believe, and it's open for most of the year. Yeah. I believe. Okay. So. I, I watch this video on YouTube. I'm not going to say which one it is because I don't want to um, subject you to watching this. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it was a, a quote unquote influencer. Oh, boy. And he must have had access to the Peterson before it opened uh-huh. or, or something along those lines. Anyways, this guy, oh, my God, I don't think he knew one iota about Porsche. Oh, no. And he just butchered up every single fact. Oh, and of course, he got slammed in the comments. You know, that's and, how you get engagement, right? We just get all of our facts wrong, and then we'll have a ton of comments all of a sudden. He's right? like, oh, yeah, I'm not really a Porsche guy. Yeah, thanks for telling me this. That was his response to everything oh. that people were telling him. He was completely off about this, Oof. off about that. And well, I don't think people realize. to read the placard in front of the car True. and, you know, and get or just that? just do I mean, a little really... bit of homework. Oh, right. right. No, but, but, he, but they don't want to be there for the full day. They just want to come in and out. So right. how can you read the placard? I guess, I mean, I'm never going to, uh, you know, slam. <laughs> somebody who's yeah. not a subject matter expert because you yeah. know it's, right. but i mean yeah do, yeah, yeah do a little homework do a little homework i mean homework. when there's a placard in front of the car that you can read come on and, but and they, they say it with such confidence when you're they're talking about the car oh. that you wouldn't know any better you would think oh that's because that's what he's saying is legit yeah. and of course knowing what what uh it's saying is wrong you're like cringing because you're uh, like yep he got that wrong he got that wrong oh. in their defense um i i don't think people who um who aren't Porsche people and really plugged in, um, who make commentary about Porsche and the Porsche culture. I don't think they realize what they're stepping into. I see what you're saying. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I get things wrong. And I know uh, just the Porsche, consequences but, of being wrong. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and oh how many gosh. people will call you out? But how many yeah. people will call you out? Exactly. Yeah. Well, people exactly. will call you out. But my friends at Cars and Coffee start talking about guns. I don't know anything about <laughs> guns. So yeah. I immediately just sit there and listen because I cannot contribute one yeah. thing. First thing you say, and they're swatting you down. I'm like, <laughs> right. I've got some at home that I've inherited, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, we uh, last time I had seen, they had uh, talked about the new Cayenne interior, but then the exterior, the whole car came out mm-hmm. while I was away, and uh, looks pretty good. I'm gonna see next week. Yeah. yeah. So while we were at Spa, one of the instructors took three of us out in a Cayenne GT, obviously not the latest iteration that mm-hmm. you're looking at on in the a, screen in here. In a turbo GT? In a mm-hmm. turbo GT. Oh, yeah. My goodness. 
that car or that vehicle thinks it's a sports car. Let's talk about that for that one thing second. Was amazing on track. Damon just wrote an article for the magazine on that. And and obviously at this point, you know, with the new Cayenne, we don't know. There has not been a successor announced to that car, of course. And, you know, we don't know if there will be. There will one. be. There has to be. I hope It'll so. It'll probably be electric. The but, successor, successor, but right? that is unquestionably, you know, I, I obviously none of us have driven a Ferrari uh, yeah. Purosang, but, you know, to me... That's the greatest sporting SUV that anybody has it's ever. It's the best sporting SUV. It still has the fastest Nurburgring time. I'm, and I, I mean, I wish they could have called it a GT5. I, I will it. be honest with you. Like, I didn't get that car until yeah. it came here to yeah. the office and we drove it. I don't get then, it. I would get it if I made, what, $2 million a year or something, right? And no, had, but like, I three mean, other Porsches, which is what I wrote. That car was obviously I, I only got a ride at spa i didn't drive yeah. spa but some of the turns and the hills and mm-hmm. this guy was all over the curbs and he was going sideways in it and right i'm going an average gt3 rs driver would get blown away by this guy in a in a cayenne i mean yeah. it was just amazing yeah. and he was like talking to us through each and driving with one hand and (laughs) i know the same thing i I was on the the new west track at the experience center in atlanta with one of the instructors in a cayenne turbo gt and same thing it's like the guy is coming twice as fast as as i just was in a gt3 holding the the wheel of one hand and carrying on a conversation with people in the back it was it was nuts next up we uh we have a race coming up this weekend, right? And uh, what's this LMDH article? I didn't, I didn't click on that one, so you have to update. You never click on them. I clicked on the first three. <laughs> <laughs> that is the Tom Brady car. Oh. That's going to make its debut. Uh, so for those of you at Sebring, you're probably thinking, wait a minute, this car was already at Sebring. Delivery uh, was at Sebring, but the car was on an Orca chassis. Uh, this is the first time they're going to have 963, and, and they're going to be running in uh, LMDH. Um, not the uh, LMP2. Oh. <clears throat> and like uh, Damon said, it's going to be, uh, it's the Tom Brady Singer Jota, or Jota. Yeah, Hertz, I believe, is uh, the Hertz, other one, uh, sponsor, right? Yeah, and the Hertz Gold. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, I think they just got the delivery of the car on uh, about three days ago from mm-hmm. when we're recording this podcast. Them and uh, with JMC out of uh, Minnesota, which will be the IMSA customer car. And I think that's debuting a Laguna Seca. Um, so they got uh, JDC shape- Miller. JDC, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, they they got um, both of them received their cars in Wysock and uh, got some shakedown laps. I think Matt Campbell was the driver, um, showing them uh, the car and whatnot. So that's gonna basically um, the first time on the track is gonna be Spa. Uh, by the time you listen to this, it'll be over, so you'll know how they did. Uh, but it's good that Porsche is um, delivering their customer cars as expected on schedule. Yeah, um, you know, yeah that is a beautiful car. I, I read somewhere, uh, this was a, a weird fact, but I, I guess I understand. When Before Porsche hands off a 963 to a, a team like uh, Jota, um, they're able to shake it down before, you know, and make sure everything's working. According to the rules with IMSA or these one different... Hour. One hour yeah. only. You can only shake it down. The manufacturer can only shake it down for one hour before they hand it out. And that's a rule. Hmm. So hopefully they ironed out everything uh, in wow. that hour, right? It's like little, <laughs> not much better than a one-mile review. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, that's crazy. Yeah. But hopefully, and of course, Porsche is still searching for their first uh, win mm-hmm. with WEC, which is going to be very tough with the Toyotas that are so dialed in, mm-hmm. and then the Ferrari uh, hypercar. Um, but 
Yeah, we'll see. Uh, the next race for um, for IMSA is Laguna Seca. Um, so hopefully after the win at Long Beach, uh, they'll have some uh, the same luck at uh, at Laguna. Although it was luck, you know, it was luck that um, that the Acura crashed, and it was luck that their they stint on one set of tires at Long Beach uh, panned out and worked perfectly like the way they wanted it to. Um, so, but lo- looking back at the history of uh, you know of uh, Porsche and I've been writing these articles uh, uh, chronicling the road to Rensport, and uh, they've had these issues with almost every car they come out with. I think yeah, the, we were uh, talking about it, like yeah. we were trying to calculate the time from introduction to first win, you know, like the 917 was a very long time. Um, yeah, the 917, there was like three races that was supposed to enter, and, and the drivers basically said, it's not going to work. Give me a 908. No. Just, don't, don't run this car, and he had to withdraw the car. The 956 was the only one that it came out in Silverstone, won overall, and then never looked back. Yeah. It was just a complete success from the beginning. But the uh, the other cars, um, they've had to, uh, you know, work themselves out. And uh, I think the 963 will get there. I don't know. The Le Mans, I think, will be a miracle, mainly because of the Toyotas. Unless we can have another Toyota miracle. On the last lap. Down on yeah, the last I was lap. there for that. That was 2016. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was crazy. But at least we can all agree, it is a very pretty car. It's probably mm-hmm. the prettiest Porsche competition car since the 956. The easy way to spot them is the headlights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they do all look the same. I, I can't argue that. Uh, but the headlights, uh, the um, the lights are uh, horizontal, I guess, and everyone else is vertical. Mm-hmm. Front end so, treatment. Yeah, it's, and then uh, it's can you get them. over that BMW and the uh, quote-unquote kidney grill on that, on, on their LMDH? They're, they're going Ooh, all boy. the way in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man. So going from a pretty car to a wild-looking car, and I'm glad I can talk about it now, is you guys saw the spy photos of the GT2 RS. But you know this hasn't been announced, right? Uh, I'm saying those are the spy photos. Yeah. yeah. Well, you yeah. said you could talk about it. Uh, uh, I'm talking about the spy photos. Those are pretty good spy photos. <laughs> yeah, those yeah. Are like, <laughs> we're, we're speculating with their GT2 the funny RS. Yeah, was, uh, right? there, there was like four different Porsches. This was the most exciting. Had the Cabriolet, a Targa, all spy photos at the yeah. at the Newburgh ring. So I guess by the time they know they're going to test there, uh, they can hide some stuff. But uh, the spy photographer oh. are waiting for. So the big question here is, of course, is the hybrid system they, they anticipate this uh, this car is going to have uh, has that uh, huge huge wing in the back. I was going to say they solved the problem of the wing not being large enough. This car is yeah. wicked. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if that's not not hybrid. Um, because I think, I mean, we've seen how fast the new GT3 RS is. All it needs is a bit more horsepower to punch through in the, the longer straights. And if we're going to have 700 plus horsepower in a GT2 RS. So, so obviously this will be turbocharged. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, it'll be exciting to, uh, oh, when, when it'll debut and what it can do. I hope it's the last GT car that doesn't have an electric motor. If they're going to do, you know, hybrid at yeah. some point with those. So we'll see. Look at that wing in that shot. Yeah. <laughs> Not for the timid. No. Not for the timid. All right, so let's get into the events. While I was away, uh, Treffin, Georgia, uh, was conducting. I want to congratulate all the volunteers uh, and all the attendees. Hopefully they had a great time. Uh, we've talked about the uh, Princess Cruises, Treffin at Sea, which will be on December 9th through 16th. Registration is open. We are, I believe, crested over 500 PCA members that will be on that cruise and 
My number, I think we're going to probably hit a thousand and right. it's going to be a big party on, on that. And cruise this boat. is going to be my first cruise ever. I'm, I'm holding yeah. you to, you said I'm going, so I'm, I'm planning on going, but, uh, yeah, never been on a cruise ship. All right. And then let's see, we have, uh, Porsche plots at Laguna Seca. When is that? I didn't see the date on that one. That's coming up. Uh, you guys remember? Saturday, May 13th, and Sunday, May 14th. So, what, a few weeks? Okay. Yeah. And then another event uh, that I saw on email was the 914 uh, Special Interest Group Gathering. That's kind of nearby, isn't it? Yes. Unfortunately, it's a week of parade, the end of parade. So, oh, uh, bummer. Hey, is your 914 going to be all together by then, dude? Huh? Is your 914 <laughs> going to be all together by then? Negative, negative. But it would be cool to see all of them together. What Especially state is it in right now? Um, a apart. denial, state of denial. <laughs> Let's just say apart. All right, we are running a little late, but hopefully you guys enjoyed the discussion. Anyway, today. Anything else? I, I want to give more of a point. Oh, okay. Your passing yeah. mention about Boo's car. Um, uh, so for if you're a 914 owner or an enthusiast, uh, I went to this event uh, two or three years ago. Very well run. It's basically uh, old school PCA type in the sense that it's just uh, a bunch of 914 owners get together. We They do... Uh, some drives they have a, a, at least when i went they had a cookout in the uh, back of the part of the hotel um just good camaraderie uh we had lunch uh, during one of the tours some group photos it was just an all-around good time uh, luckily we had the uh, great weather the weekend i went so uh, it was mainly top town driving everywhere uh we went, but it was about, uh, oh, I'm going to say 30 or 40 914s. Wow. That's, That's another awesome. car I regret selling, my Olympic Blue 914. And, oh, that blue one, that was a cool one. Right. And, and I'll, uh, double regret, I sold it to a friend. I had it for two years. He sold it to somebody who lived in Florida mm. and was out of town when Hurricane Ian happened. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the last I saw of, of my Olympic Blue 914 uh, sitting in a Copart salvage auction, oh. uh, it had been underwater up to the the seat backs, and it really, really oh, hurt so me to see that because mm. I I really like that car, and and hopefully uh, someone picked it up and they'll put it back together. I, I hope so. I really do. Um, but that really, really upset me to see that. It's a before we like forget that to make mine valuable. <laughs> before we forget though, the nine fourteen event it is June twenty three through twenty five. Yeah, I sent Saturday, Robert Sunday. an email, but I don't know if he got it or yeah. not. And it's in flyer. Tannersville, Pennsylvania. And if you head to pca.org and uh, go to the connect and contact area, you'll see special special interest registries or special special interest groups. Yeah. You should find the website there or the Facebook group. Very yeah, good. I'll have to ask him to. Uh, listed in events because i didn't see it on yeah, our events page either. um but anyways it's a, if you're interested in 914s or if you have one you should be joining the 914 special interest group uh good uh, uh group of guys and girls who uh love 914s and passionate folks at that point you need help uh whenever a part or something goes wrong and you won't if, if, nothing can go wrong with a 914 that hasn't already gone wrong right and there's someone there who'll tell you how to fix it right very cool. I think at this time, Robert wants me to remind folks, if you haven't signed up for uh, one e-break news, performance news, Mark Fresh news, just head over to PCA.org and you can sign up for all those newsletters. It's uh, pretty easy. Anything else before we sign off, gentlemen? Nope, think all good. good. Well, thanks for listening. If you aren't currently a PCA member and you own a Porsche, grab that VIN, head over to PCA.org and we'll set you up for membership. If you're looking to buy a Porsche, we have the test drive program again at PCA.org. 
Remember to follow our podcast Instagram page to see behind the scenes photos, videos, Porsche Club Insider, all one word. Uh, always message us if you feel like. Email us. We love reading the comments. Uh, you can send messages to podcast at PCA.org. Stay in touch with everything that we're doing here. Until next time, stay safe and we'll catch you down the road.